I was telling the men at the house several years ago, and actually I do it quite often when I'm talking to him, uh, we're talking to them, is that, um, and this is for you too, uh, for me, I, I see that God wants to bless my life, Peter. My eyes is not on anybody else. I just want you to understand that. It's not on any of you. My, my, the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I'm not paying attention to anything you're doing. That's your business. But I want you to understand something. I, I uh, used to tell the men, and I still do, that when I met Pastor David Shipman, I knew that it was God answering a prayer. I knew it immediately. I was sitting in his office. You heard me tell you this before. I'll tell you again. Got a problem with that. We can talk out in the park. Uh, and he was telling me, it went, for, it went about an interview. And uh, it was uh, through your brother, uh, two of your brothers that I had met that I didn't know, Pastor David, but they did. And so, but anyway, I was talking to Pastor David for the first time in my life, and the Holy Spirit walked upon me in that office and just whispered in my ear that this is where I want you. And I heard it as clear as day, and I began to sob because it was, it was a joy that was happening in me that wasn't there when I walked in, you know. And so he looking at me, and he starts sobbing too, like, you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, you know. And I told him, I'm going to come and, and do whatever it is that you need me to do. And so it's from that moment that my life has metamorphosed. Yeah, and let me tell you something else. Here's the, here's the marvelous thing about God. It was years before that I saw myself standing here, not necessarily here in this building, but standing in front of a group of people ministering the good news, and I had never did that before. Talking about butterflies. Just even the thought, I, start, I thought I was going to fly away. But I want to tell you something that Pastor David, and I tell the men, is getting back to that, that I have to keep him elevated. Not the man, but that anointingness on his life. Because any time that I bring that anointing or, the, or, or disassociate the anointing with the man and bring him down to where I'm at, I'm going to leave. And this is what has happened, I, in my personal opinion, to everybody that was in the church when I got here, came after I got here, and they're no longer here. Because they couldn't see the presence of God on his life. But I can t assure you that he has God working in and about his life to mature us, to grow us up. I, I, like I told you before, I'm a witness Amen. So my message tonight, wordless Christians, a wordless life. So you might be asking, what are you talking about, brother? Well, let me expound a little bit. Uh, I got five grandsons, five of them, and I just, I, I can't wait till they get all about the same age so I can frolic with them. In the, in the grass, you know. But I noticed one thing about the smallest ones, and all of them too, they need the mother. They're dependent on the mother to get their needs met. 
Now I watch my sons too when the babies are at our house and then they're there too with them, the fathers. And they're, so, they're, they're there, but they're not really there. But those mothers are very tentative, very tentative. The boy screeches in the back of the house. She's on it. <laughs> and then not only that, the mothers can di distinguish which child is making the noise. Yeah, I watch. I watch uh, intently. Just as a baby needs a mother, we need the word of God. If we're going to live this out, we need the word of God and nothing else. You ever notice that uh, how, can we be honest here tonight? You ever notice that are you reading the Bible and you're reading the Bible, you're reading the Bible, you're reading the Bible, you might even be praying. And it seems like your life ain't going nowhere. Did that only happen to Brother Peter? Oh, y'all just real, real quiet tonight. I'm going to draw it out of you. you. You're ready for it. I'm going to draw it out of you. You ever think, come on. You're reading and you're reading and reading. It just look like things are not working the way maybe the Bible told you it was supposed to work. Or maybe pastor or somebody else told you it worked. I got one amen and two head nods. That's pretty good. And I got a hand raised because that's, that's the way it was. And so what I, what I personally did, I put my ear to the ground because I knew that I, it would have to have been me. It wasn't the word of God. I, I wanted to understand what God is saying to me. So hopefully tonight we can gather something about this thing. I don't want to be a, a, a word Christian and having no life. I don't want to be a Christian that go to church, fellowship, and nothing's working. Amen? So let's, let's, uh, let's go. You bring your Bibles? All right. You know, uh, dependence. You know, we, we've, uh, at least myself personally, let me do that. I'm going to speak on our terms. I've been dependent on quite a few different things. And um, it hasn't been savory. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's turn over, if you will. I think that's what y'all waiting on, some text. So let me get you some text. Watch it, Reba, I hear you. <laughs> Let's turn over to Matthew Chapter 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to tell you tonight that if Jesus Christ himself was dependent on the word of God, who do Peter think he is? You've been hanging out with Reba too long, man. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Verse 3. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. I want you to know also the devil is going to try your word. He is going to see if the word of God is settled in you. Because if it's not, praise the Lord, you can add the rest of that. Verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we're living by the word, the word will come out of us. I love the smell of fresh baked bread. Uh, leave me alone, Kara. I love the smell of fresh bread. We all like that? We got that in common? I love it, but I'll eat it too. Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Speaking of tithing, um, you did a good job, brother. And uh, you, you'll see that uh, you'll start getting that, uh, that wind under your wings. Because when Pastor first asked me to come up and do this, I was like, Brother Andrew, didn't know what I was going to say and tried my best to come up with something to say. And Bob Shipman, Ann's husband, uh, he was, he was very pivotal. I guess he saw it, and probably everybody else saw it too, but he was one of those ones would come up under me and, this is what you do. You use that. You use those butterflies to your advantage. You use that nervousness to your advantage. What? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Side note. The devil, verse 5, the devil took him up. Oh, I was getting ready to say something about temp, uh, tithe. I was talking to God here recently about that, and you know what? Did you know that God, he didn't just establish the tithing. And pastor is so right about, it's amazing how we fight. We just, I guess because we just people, we just look for stuff to fight. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, uh, anyway, Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that God spoke. What is the word? Seed. He spoke the word and trees and every other type of uh, tree bearing fruit came out of the ground. He tithed. Did you know when he gathered the, 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 the dirt together and breathed into the dirt and he became a living soul? Part of himself he gave. He blessed the man. Did you know that all of us sitting in this room now is part of that seed? And guess what's going to happen when we get down into the soil of life? We need to bring forth fruit. That sounds like a tithe to me. You know, another thing that, side note, thank you, Holy Spirit. Another thing that fascinates me is, is, is Adam. When he messed up with God. Why didn't he just go to God and say, please forgive me? He walked with him in the cool of the day. They actually had a bona fide relationship. That fascinates me. Did you know also that Adam is only mentioned in a few times in the Bible? Once or maybe twice with his kids being born and then adversely in the New Testament. So you know what that was, right? Shame and guilt. All right. It's a public service announcement. <laughs> Verse 5, then the devil took him into the holy city, high, I'm sorry, up into the holy city, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over here. I want you to know that the devil knows the word of God better than we. 
So if we think we're walking some things out and we kind of crossing it up, the devil knows it. He knows exactly how the word ought to look. I asked a question earlier. Am I the only one sometimes? I'm trying, I'm reading, I'm getting the word, and it seems like nothing is right, going right. Something is not. We already know that the word of God is truth, and it is perfect. Right? So it has to be Peter. You can slide your name on in there, too. It has to be Peter. So I need to go back over to where I started and start digging it out of where I'm going wrong. Because if I'm, I'm trying to walk the word out and I got a limp in it, 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 the devil knows it. He understands exactly where we are. In their hands, and what he's doing is quoting Psalms 91. But he twists it up a bit because that's what he does. He's a twister. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, often, uh, I, I'm not a big, uh, I started to say twerper, but the people tweet. But uh, Facebook, there's a lot of people on Facebook that talks a lot of stuff that they don't have a clue about. Like I saw this one video where these, I guess they were either UBC or Pentecostal, they would have planned with uh, snakes. Isn't that stupid? Yeah. Well, maybe it was just me, but it, I thought it was very stupid. The Bible says, do not tempt God. Yeah. That's actually a word, and the devil knows it. And it's amazing, too, because the devil don't have a Bible. So how does he know the word of God? Oh, okay. You all never thought about that, huh? Okay, verse 8. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, verse 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. See, we got to know the word. We have to know the word of God because if not, we will also, we are going to be tempted. But if we don't know the word of God, that we will allow the tempting from the tempter. Then, verse 10, then Jesus said unto him, Away with you. Away with you, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And you see how he twisted that on the devil? He says, You shall. Every knee will bow, and every mouth will confess that he is. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's turn over really quickly. To Romans, and I got ahead of myself. See how exciting the word of God is? Romans chapter 8. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. Uh, uh, my uh, ushers is, is, is. So my question is, and I think I asked Pastor this, but I can't remember what the answer is. How did the devil take Jesus into the mountain 
And how did he take them up into the holy city? I'm glad you asked because that's exactly where we're going. But to answer your question, it's, it's found in verse, verse 1 or maybe verse 2, by the Spirit. John 6, 63, he says, my words are spirit and they are life. The devil is also a spirit. He's not walking around with horns and a pitchfork with a long tail with a pitch on it or uh, horned in or whatever you call it. He is also a spirit. This is why he can, oh, and the thing that, that also was utilized was um, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and lust of the eye. And those three tempting scenarios that we just read. Amen. Uh, John 8. I'm sorry, Romans 8, uh, four, uh, verse 14. So, again, my question or my statement tonight is a wordless Christian or wordless life? Now, I, I believe that I had a lot of the Word of God. I was taught to read the Bible when I was a kid, a child. And um, so I, I read it. I read it until I rebelled. But that didn't make any changes in my life. And we're going to talk about that also. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or the sons and daughters of God. Verse 16. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This well, uh, this satisfies us. Let's turn over really quickly to Proverbs 20. Amen. Amen. Verse 27. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all of the inner depths of his heart. This is how God leads us. This is how God leads us. This is how God leads us. This is, a, this is a perfect read. There's history. There's fighting. There's war. There's, this is a perfect read. And I guess what I got to say to myself anyway, at least when I thought about this message, is that I read the Bible and, and that's all it was to me was just a book. But if I wanted to see power, then now I got to tap in to the Spirit of God and allow Spirit of God to lead me. Did you know that when we got saved, that changed everything about you? Not, not physically, but inside. Did you know that? Okay, this, 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 center, this center is on point. Do, do, do we know that? Did you know that we're spirits sitting in here? Did you know that that's what God, how God wants to lead us, his children? He doesn't want us to even think that we can be led by the flesh. Our emotions are dictating how we respond to life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's go really quickly to John 
chapter 1. Verse 4. You know why Jesus came? These may sound like very adolescents, I guess, questions. But you know, a lot of us probably don't know. And I say that because we're all supposed to be doing something in this body. I feel like I just stepped into a Catholic. Uh, <laughs> it's like it sounds like a library. Have you ever been in a Catholic church? It's really quiet. <laughs> Verse four: In him was life. This is Jesus, and the life was the light of men, or man, us. Let's go over a page or so to 5, John 5, 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so he granted the Son to have life in himself. Where is his Son? Seated at the right hand. But what did he give us? Life. In fact, he says that I, will lead, I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a helper, the paraclete, to be with you and to help you, to guide you, to teach you. Let's go over to John. Making sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. John 10.10. 10. Now, we've read this so much and heard this so much, we, I'm sure we all know it by heart. Amen. Amen. I know what you're going to say when I ask you this question. How do I know? Watch. Who do you belong to? <laughs> they they were quiet. At least you had. <laughs> um, if you belong to God, if we belong to God, then why aren't we doing what God say? Because it's his word, right, that was sent to develop us, to transform us. You know what? I, I, uh, when I first gave my life to Christ, I wanted to hang out. I'm going to talk over you. When I first gave my... <laughs> When I first gave my life to Christ, I wanted, I, I didn't like the idea of coming to church all the time. I wanted to come to church when I wanted to. No, it wasn't Latrice. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to drive and hang out and, and you know, just be who I thought Peter was. 
and just bypass the conviction that I felt down on that word that I felt down on the inside. I continue to do it. I'm going to tell you something. God is so merciful. I remember driving down the highways of trying to avoid what I heard, that word, and I would see billboards. Jesus is calling you. Where should you be right now in church? I'm telling you the honest God truth. I would see things like this constantly. And I know I'm not the only one. Y'all sitting up in there laughing at me. This, this is how we have to live. Uh, I, uh, you all heard my testimony. If you didn't, I'll tell you a little bit of it now. I don't want you running up out of here, so I'm going to just give you a snippet. I was a bad dope fiend. I know you probably can't see that. But it was the word of God that transformed my life. And it didn't work at first. Not that the word didn't work, but it didn't work at first. I would read and read. I said, why aren't this working? And I'd run right back to the vomit. Why wouldn't this work? Why didn't this work? And I remember times I just said, you know what? It's quiet again. Is that what it is? Okay, we'll go with that one. But without the word, I'm nothing. But inside the word is in, also engrafted in it is a, is, a, is a job, is a task that I can do. It's a task with my name. And the Bible says that he knew me and he called me by name. He knew you and he called you by name. That sounds like a word. And we're not going to be able to run from it. In fact, the Bible says, I see you. In, in fact, the Bible says that the household of faith will be judged first. Yes, thank you, sis. We didn't even read, did we? Okay. We're going to read Word of God. Did you know? Yes, ma'am. So, Pastor Peter, like you said, you kept going back to your vomit and then back to the Word, back to the vomit. God had already done what he needed to do in you so you needed to change something in you right because it was already there and accessible but it wasn't until you did something yes and you know what that was submitted myself to the word i was an angry bear too don't say nothing james i was an angry bear too and i had to submit myself to the word of god and that was the key that changed my life I, I, I get it now. He says to do something. I need to do it. And guess what? You, we have to test, prove the word. Because how am I going to testify to this man that God is good and ain't nothing working in my life? It just don't make sense. Does it? Hey Amen. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 10. I don't think we read that. The thief... And isn't it remarkable that God, in his word, in his wisdom, he, he, he designate the devil for what he is. <laughs> the thief does not come except to steal from you, Peter, and to try to kill you, Peter, and to destroy you, Peter. That's what you got to do. 
got to personalize the word of God. See, this way it becomes yours. And when it becomes yours, guess what? You treat it like it's yours. It becomes personalized. Ain't that something? The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I, Jesus speaking, come to give you life, that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. See, if your life, my life, is not abundant and we in the Word every day, something's wrong. And we know it ain't the Word because the Word is the truth. And what did he say? The truth will? Yes. And how many of us want to be free? you got to understand something. I do believe that when I'm free, uh, what's the song? I will float like a butterfly. I do, I do understand that when I am free, I will take the word of God literally and begin to do what he says do. Not think about it because he doesn't need my thoughts. He doesn't need your thoughts either. We hear that scripture a lot too, Isaiah 55. Yeah. His thoughts is much higher. Ooh. We don't want to talk about that. In this particular verse, the word life means Zoe. And that's eternal. It's a long definition, but I want to give you that. Each one of us, we're eternal. And that part of us that's eternal, that's what God wants to connect with. With us. Because there's some things that we ought to be doing, not only in the church, but out here in the world. Because there's people hurting and broken and beat up, battered. Another thing, too, I believe... Here's a, here's a real story. My mother, um, she's passed away now, but um, she had a, a, a massive coronary. I believe it's called a coronary. The, the, the vein in your neck that sends blood and oxygen to your brain, it, it, it disintegrated. Now, this is the only person that I had ever known that was beside my, her mother, my grandmother, uh, who had passed away years before but uh, her head had started to swell and I wasn't there I was I was one of those uh, vacations at the moment but uh, well I was away from vacation and so my sister one of my sisters called me and told me she's in the emergency room so I was working driving a truck and I got to my mother's house and she was she had already gone so I jumped in my car at that point uh, no I jumped back in the truck and drove to the emergency room and I went in they told us only two of us could go in to see her at a time I go into Sear and I can actually smell death. Don't ask me what I know death smell like. But I could actually smell that she was gone. And they had her on the machine. And I, I began to weep just because I didn't expect that. And I didn't have God in my life. And uh, I stood there on the bedside with one of my nieces and, uh, and I just began to weep. And so I had to go out of the room because I couldn't stand looking at it no more. And I'm sitting in the hallway, uh, make a long story short. They actually took her home because one of my sisters, she's kind of loud like somebody else that you know. And she told the doctor, you don't know she in pain. And to keep you from shooting her up with uh, uh, medicine, we're going to take her home. So that's what we did. I'm in her room one day because it's, it's, it's five boys and six girls. And we, the boys, the men, we, we were to turn her, get her to the bath 
so the girls could come in and bathe her and all that. So I'm sitting in a room and I'm watching, flipping through the TV and I'm watching Oprah Winfrey. This is, this is really happening. And she has this wall-to-wall mirrors, probably eight foot tall. And I'm sitting there, but I can see her reflection from the mirror. Her bed is behind me. TV is right here. I'm sitting in the chair and um, I hear the machine going off. You know, you know, you don't want the sound effects, do you? I felt every hair, and I'm a pretty hairy man, the hair stand up on the back of my neck, the nape of my neck, and, on, and, and I looked, and something was happening. I didn't know what it was. And the top of the crown of my head, there was some massive pressure that was actually pushing me down into the chair, and I couldn't speak. And so as I got down lower, I felt myself, I could breathe a little bit. So I turned out of the chair, and as I was making my way out of her room, she came out of the coma. Yeah. And I stood in the doorway, just, I'm sure my eyes was probably huge. And she began to talk. Now before, backstory, they told us that if she did come out of the coma, she'd be the vegetable the rest of her life. She could speak. She knew who everybody was immediately. What had happened to me that day, I found out later, that it was the glory of the Lord that came down into that room. And because I wasn't living right, wasn't thinking right, I couldn't be in that place. I only imagined what would have happened if I didn't move. We, this, is, this is a serious thing that we're in. I want to tell you this tonight, that if we don't take the word literally for what it is and begin to do what it says, um, I don't know about that. That may be a frightening place when this is all over. This is the way I picture it. You're quiet again. All right, let's move on. I want to also tell you that uh, Sunday and Wednesday, this is not enough. This is actually, uh, I don't even think it was built for us to get enough of the word here on Wednesday and Sunday. But this is perfect time for us to come and fellowship. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. So I think we can come here and fellowship and have a good time and, and, and get fueled up for the work ahead on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, and Friday and so on. But I don't think this. So what I think is personally about my own personal life, that we need to fill ourselves up to overflowing with the word of God. See, that happens when I put so much of this in me instead of anything else. It happens for you when you put so much of this in you that when something happens in your life, just like pastor's been teaching since I've known him, when something happens in your life, this comes out of you instead of something else. Because if not, then you'll find yourself cracking and, and crumbling under the pressure. Because life throws some blows. You know, and, and that, that, that saying he's got about Mike Tyson, I think it happened to me six or seven times. That's why my nose looked like this. <laughs> All right. Let's turn over really quickly to 2 Timothy 3. 16. I want to tell you that uh, 
it's been a while since Pastor has ministered on it. But I, I, uh, I tell you, I take to heart that uh, he is truly the man of God that God brought into my life. I can't speak for any of you. So he can talk about things. I don't care if it might be shooting. I'm, it, it, it radiates. What's, that's not the word. It, uh, it, it culminates, I guess, within me. And I'll find myself bringing it up later, even when I'm talking to myself. Come on, I'm not by myself, am I? And what, the reason I'm saying that is because he was talking about four or five years ago about building capacity. If we don't get the word of God in us and become fat, it, it's, it's going to be sad. Amen? The word uh, capacity means passive power. Is the ability that is in effect at all times for the character building to fight and to set your skills. I, I love that. Because I can see the word from my own personal life transforming how I used to think. I can see it. <laughs> my, my thoughts were so vivid I can look in the mirror times <laughs> and see them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe that was just funny to me. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, you there yet? Say amen. amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thorough, equipped, and lacking nothing. Do you know we're sitting in here? And uh, we're lacking a whole bunch. That the man of God may be complete. You know, um, another thing, too, I, I remember days um, for myself personally that I, I thought that my thoughts, I could bring some of what I thought about this life in Christ into, onto the table. You know, they always talking about what you bring to the table. God don't want nothing from you, Brother Peter, but obedience. Submission and humility and to show mercy. Find out what love is and give it. Amen. That the man of God may be complete. You know complete ain't lacking nothing. It's not lacking anything. That's the correct verbiage, I guess. Not lacking anything. <laughs> Thorough, com thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't have the right to tell God I'm tired. You don't either. The Bible says, consider not your age. Isn't that something to tell us? I'm, my knees is hurting, my feet is hurting. That's almost like a song, huh? My knees is hurting, my feet is hurting. You, we, we don't have a right to tell God that we're tired. And I take that back to, to, to his death. The, the beating. Can you imagine it? I, I, you know, I can't fathom that. You know, I try to visualize it from the movie. I think we all saw the movie Passion. But I don't think that gave that uh, justice to what he actually went through for somebody like me. And then I tell you, I don't, I'm tired. I don't want to go to witness. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. Who am I? Amen. All right, really quickly. As I said before, the word of God will build capacity in us to run and to do. 
John 11, back over to the gospel. The gospel of John. I want to tell you something. That we can do this. How many of you believe we can do this? Amen. But it's going to take some, some, a lot of work on our part. It's going to take uh, uh, me looking in the mirror and being honest with myself and see how I can be of a service to somebody else. Because this life is not about me. It never has. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? That your life is not about you? Nobody ever told me that. I, I guess I'm going to talk about my mom, my mom when I see her. She never told me that. It wasn't until years later that I found out. I thought everything that I was doing was to gain for me. I want to tell you this. We can do this. And all we have to do is trust in the word that God has given to each one of us without wavering. And you know, a lot of times it's going to take us just walking around wherever you are and just speaking the word that God has given to you. Me personally, I'm a loud mouth. And I have that perspective because when I was out in the street, I was pretty loud. So I take that, if I can do that there, in there, I can do it for the goodness of God and all he's done for me. So I'm loud about it. Amen. Uh, you there? 11 John. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read this part so I can encourage you. Amen. This is the story of Lazarus. I'm sure we all know it. But let's go over really quickly to verse 43. Amen. Well, I'm going to read 42, just so you can get more clearer picture and context. I know that you always hear me. This is Jesus praying. Actually, I'm going to go 41b. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people standing here looking, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. <coughs> when things look impossible, when things look impossible, and if they haven't already, guess what's coming? The impossible looking stuff is coming. And we're supposed to speak that word. There are some things that actually look dead in our lives. But God has already opened up a, opened up a door, created a path that all we have to do is speak to those dead things and they will come to life. You know another thing too, uh, did, you, did I tell you I was diagnosed? Can you believe that? Somebody diagnosed me. <laughs> and I was on medication. 
Oh, you got that Peter looking. Yeah. And um, God, and I wasn't even with God, wasn't even thinking about God. But he made the medication upset my stomach so that I couldn't even take it. And you know what came after that? A clear thought. Why are you taking that? There's nothing wrong with you. And I stopped it. And what had happened after that is the diagnosis that I was given. Because see, that's a word. We can gravitate toward this word. Or we can gravitate toward the word that the world is giving us. And they're shouting louder a lot of times than the word of God. Yeah? It is real talk. If you don't believe me, when we leave here, watch how the words start piling in. That's not conducive to the word of God. It's going to happen immediately. Right now they're all at bay. See how quiet things are in here? They're at bay right now. But as soon as that door opens and it's time to leave, you're t- it wasn't my life that needed rescuing. It was the broken and crushed spirit. And because he healed my spirit, my body followed. Because it wasn't controlling anything. Because he healed my spirit, he provided in the natural what I needed. Does that make sense? The words that he spoke, they're a spirit and they're a life. I I think a lot of times, I don't know about you, but we read over that so quickly, I think we need to chew on that for a minute. You ever had somebody speak to your spirit so that it made you walk away with tears in your eyes? That's what I'm talking about. It didn't crush your flesh. It crushed your spirit. The words that he speaks are spirit and they are life. Can you hear him now? Say, I love you, Peter. Put your name in there. Amen. I'm blessed by it. Maybe this Bible study was for me, just allowed y'all to come and listen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. The Lord your God, he goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. That is a word. this, this, This word of God is full of words that God has given to us to sustain us. You think about the baby that I mentioned at the earlier. When the babies are young, they're looking for whoever the parent is to guide them, to protect them, to, to nurture them, to love on them, to do all of the things that they need to grow up healthy and strong and, and, and whatever. The same is true for a baby Christian. We need the love of God to nurture us, to protect us, to strengthen us, to walk with us, to fight for us. Maybe that just blessed me. I'm going to read that again. For the Lord your God, it is he who goes with you to fight 
with you against your enemies. And we already know who the enemy is. To save you. Talking about salvation. I don't know about you, but I need salvation. Amen. So what I'd like for you to take away from this tonight is that we need the word of God. We need the word of God more than we need food. Please eat, folks. I'm not saying not to eat. <laughs> we need the word of God, and it has to be, it has to take that pre-immunent place. Is that the right word? It has to be out front. Because if I call myself a Christian, then my language ought to change. The people I hang around ought to change. How I drive, shut up James. How I drive ought to change. There's a man that comes into the store uh, quite often. And um, I, 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 Brother Peter didn't like him. I, I, can I say this? I hated his guts. I'm being honest with you. And uh, that, that churning started happening the minute I thought that thought back when I first met him. And the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about this man. And so um, I heard God talking to me. Just like we hear the God talking to us and we just do what we want to do. I heard God talking to me and that's what I did. I tried to shut God down. I didn't like this guy. He just always run in his mouth. And God straight out said, you don't like him because he reminds you of you. Peter, who are you talking to? <laughs> but that's what he told me. And I humbled myself at that moment and I asked God, how do I do this? Because I want to be a good Christian. I said, pray. Pray for him. So I got on my knees and began to call his name out. And you know, over time, it didn't take, it wasn't too long that God turned that scenario around. And it was remarkable because uh, I still don't like him. <laughs> but the hate that I built for him, it dissipated. I can actually sit down and with him and have a conversation, and I got some witnesses in here. I can actually sit down and have a conversation without getting bent in my feelings. Because remember now, is it because he's just like you? And so I know I had to deal with myself. The word of God is here to challenge us and to grow us up. And if we don't adhere to what God is saying to us, we can't grieve. The Holy Spirit, especially using his name, you know, like I'm blessed and I walk in high cotton and all this other stuff. We, you know, Christians say, as Pastor put it, uh, Christianese. I don't want to be that way. I want to be a godly man. That's my desire. That's my hope. We must take the word everywhere we go. The word of God will also cancel out fear. You ever think about your fear? Okay. 
Oh, will you go with me out in the parking lot? They're looking at me kind of rough. <laughs> the word of God will cancel out fear. Oh, I got to say that again. Huh? I'm talking about pausing for effect. You ever think about why fear is dominant in us? All right. Let's move on. It will also cancel out hate. I just got through mentioning to you. Lust, depression, strife, anxiety, and hurt. But it will build in us love. And love covers a multitude of sin. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We don't belong to ourselves, people. Now, I know that's kind of strange maybe to some of us because we get up and we dress ourselves and we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We go here and go there. We think we belong to ourselves because we're doing our own. But guess what? Are we doing what the Holy Spirit has told us to do? I, I wish I could take the silence. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The last thing. You hear pastor talk often about, uh, he don't talk about it a lot as he used to, but he, you hear him say it periodically, that he, he sees us, or something to that effect. Did you know every single one of us have a task? And I'm going to tell you what I truly believe because it happened to me. Um, how do you find out what you're supposed to be doing? This is how pastor knows that we are not in this because this is where the answer is. This is where the answer is. I had... Um, there was a call in my life when I was a child. I didn't want to do that. I want to go hang out with the other boys and ride skates and, and ride bicycles up and down the mountains and all that other stuff. But there was a call in my life when I was a little boy, and I didn't want to serve God because it looked boring, and it looked like it didn't have any fun connected to it. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, brothers? <laughs> and so uh, they turned it red back there. You see them over there? <laughs> and so what had happened was is the, 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 the route I went in my life, God was loving, he was patient, and he was merciful. And guess what? When I got at the end of that rope, <laughs> he was standing right there with his arms open wide because the life I lived was not the life he chose for me. But guess what? What he called me to do, I am doing right now. And I found it here. Your answers to your life, our life, my life, is right here. All of it. From the beginning of it to the end. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.
You also, we often hear pastor talking about being honest. And um, can I ask you a question? A serious question? This is everybody. Do we actually know what that means? I mean, we know the words and we can articulate them. We can probably even give a definition of what we think they are. But do we know what that means as it, as it translates or as it refers to the word of God? <laughs> okay. Um, I was a broken person. I will tell you that. I have no shame in telling anybody in this world that I was broken, beat up, and, and let down. <laughs> Uh, that's part of the honesty. Because as long as you think you got it together, you will never ever see yourself stepping out of the seat to do something for somebody else. We got to be honest with ourselves about this. And guess what? The Bible says that God is close to a contrite heart. So when we go to him and just lay it all out, I got nothing, Father. If you want to use this trash, then go ahead and do it. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. But until that happens, we're going to put up a front as though everything is fine. But when the wind starts to blowing and we have no root, amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for your spirit that you have given to us, Father, to lead and to teach us. Tonight, I want to bless everyone here, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we want to also lift up our pastor, Mrs. Tammy. We pray. It is our prayer, Father, that they are at peace. They are resting. And safety belongs to them, both coming and going, when they lie down and when they get up. Father, we thank you for your word. You promised that your word will make us free. And that's what we seek, to be free. And I thank you for each and every person here, Father. And it's my prayer that Psalms 91 is activated, that your angels, that you've given charge over each and, one of, each and every one of us, Father, would bear us up and keep us safe. In Jesus' name, angels, take charge. In Jesus' precious name, amen.